Hallelujah, Jesus. I bless the Lord. We welcome you again to our service this morning here at our Father's house where Jesus is in control. Amen. I bless the Lord. I just, I'm, I'm excited about the things of the Lord. I'm excited about my walk with him. I'm just excited about what he's doing and how he's moving in our lives. He is a true and a living God. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to us this morning. I want to talk to us this morning because I was before the Lord and really asking what it was that I should speak today. What, what the message was that he wanted to say, because I don't want this to be, oh, Carlin, you got a word, huh? Let's, let's think of something. We can go, just go on the internet and find a message, somebody else preaching, just preaching. I don't want that. That's not how preaching is supposed to be. But you are the people of God. And I believe that uh, God wants to talk to his people. So it's, it's incumbent upon us, those who are carrying the gospel, those who teach the word, that we should um, ask God what it is that he has to say. When you go to work in someone's office, you don't just go in and start working, especially if you already have worked in the field, whether, whether you worked in the field or not. You don't just go in and start working because everybody knows what it is that they want to do for their particular people. So here we are this morning. We're asking the Lord, and I've asked the Lord, what is it that you want me to say? What is it exactly? And this is where I want us to go. Bless the Lord. First of all, I want to talk to you about David. I love the life of David. I really love it. If you, if you watch the life of David, if you really go back and really just study David's life, there's so many, many things that you can hear and you can, um, you can learn from David's life. You can learn from David's life. In chapters, in 2 Samuel, from chapters 13 to 20, you can see, uh, you see there about how David, we see where David was, at this time, David was already king over Israel. And David had different wives. He had different wives and he had children by different wives. By one particular wife, he had a son and a daughter. He had a son named Absalom. And he had, and he had a daughter by, um, by the same wife and her name was Tamra, Tamra or Tamar, some people may call it, and some call it Tamar, all right? So, the, and then by another one of his wives, he had a son named Amnon. Now, Amnon loved, loved, loved. He was in love with his sister Tamar, or Tamar. He was in love with his sister. He wanted her. He desired her. And then when she um, told him no, because he did, she didn't want to just go to sleep with him, you know. She she didn't want to just have sex with him. She said, "No, if you if you want to do this, ask my father for you for me, and he'll give me to you to marry." But no, when he, but he that wasn't enough for him. He wanted her, so he devised a plot and a plan so that he would be able to to rape her. He had someone working with him. And, and, and they devised this plan. Fast forward, he got to her, he raped, he, she came to his house. This is his, her brother now, her half-brother. He came to her house, she came to his house, and he raped her. And the Bible says after he finished what he was doing, he hated her. He hated her. And in that time, 
if women had not been, if they were not virgins, it was a king, especially the king's daughters. The king's daughters, they had on, they wore coats of, of, of beautiful colors um, that showed that they were that they were virtuous. So now what happened, she had to take off her virtuous coat. And, and then what he did, he put her out of his house. He put her out of his house. And the Bible said he closed the door. In other words, he put her out and he sent her to a place uh, where women who had at that time had been disgraced, had been disgraced, had where and where they would stay. Okay. This was no doing of timers on her own. This is nothing. She was trying to do what was right, what was right. But this is what her brother did to her, her half brother. And then now her brother, um, Absalom, who was David's favorite child. This was David's favorite son. He told him, he said, um, I mean, he David Absalom heard about what was happening, what had happened. And he went and got his sister. He loved his sister. He went and got his sister and brought her to live with him, took her out of the house of disgrace and brought her to live with him. But that wasn't the end of that. Absalom held offense in his heart for years, for years against Amnon. But not only did he hold offense against Amnon, but he also held an offense against his father, David. What happened David heard what Amnon did to Tamar. Tamar. David heard what Amnon did to her, but rather than rebuke him or rather than uh, legislate consequences against him, David did nothing. David did nothing. He didn't do anything at all to Tamar. I mean, rather to, uh, to Amnon because of what he did because of what he did to Absalom's full sister. So here we have Amnon hating, Absalom rather, hating Amnon, and we had Absalom hating his father, David, simply because of, number one again, what Amnon had done to his sister. And he hated David because David didn't do anything, didn't do anything to Amnon for what he had done. This, I tell you, you can learn a lot from David's life, from David's life. You should really go and really study David's life. Oh, so much is there, but I, I don't want to get sidetracked this morning. So for years, this thing festered in Absalom's heart. For years it festered. It was there. And he finally plotted how he was going to take revenge. This is a good place for me. Just This is not where I'm going to teach this morning. But this is a good place for me to give you a little sidebar here. Be careful to make sure your heart is pure. Don't allow stuff to stay in your heart because it will fester. It will grow. It will grow. But let's see what happens. 
Amnon then all of this time he hated rather Absalom Absalom all this time he hated Amnon so he finally devised a plan to kill him to kill his brother he devised this plan to kill his brother fast forwarding because I don't want to take all the time to tell this story but he was successful he killed his brother murdered him so now he had this because of what he had done and because of what was festering in in absalom's heart he had gotten his revenge on Amnon. but he still had unforgiveness and iniquity in his heart against his father against his father what he did he plotted took him years to do this. It took him years to do it. But what he did, he plotted against his father. And as he plotted against his father, he plotted that he was going to overthrow his father. What he would do every day, he would sit outside and talk to the people, put things in his father, the people's heart, how much he loved them, how much he cared for them. Oh, that I was king. If I were king, I would do this and I would do that and I would do this. He did this over a long for years. I think the Bible said about three years. He did that, putting all of this in his in the people's heart. Then finally, finally what he did, he finally decided he was going to launch his full plan. And again, read the story. I'm not going into all the details of the story. He decided that he was going to overthrow his father. He, many even of David's, the people who were working with him, who had been loyal to David, those who had been loyal to David, they even went with Absalom against, sided with Absalom against David. They had been loyal to him. I mean, <laughs> loyal to him. It got so much that, David, I mean, uh, Amnon was down in Hebron and I'm sorry, Absalom was down in Hebron. Help me here, Holy Ghost. And when he was there, they crowned Absalom king. So now here, David, who God had chosen, who had served as king, who had served the people, who loved God, here he was, his son plotted an insurrection. And he overthrew him and made, they made Absalom king of Israel. How do you do that when the king is still alive? So now, and just imagine how David must have felt. This was his favorite son. This was his, the child of his heart. He had other sons, he had other daughters, but this was the child of his heart his favorite child. Now, Absalom had swayed most of David's army, many of David's con confidants, many of David's leaders were with on Absalom's side and David was left with just as the Bible says, a few mighty men there and just a few of his confidants there in Jerusalem. 
So David decides, he said, I better flee for my life. I, 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 I'm scared these folks gonna kill me. So I better go. So here, what, what David did, he left the castle, the palace where he lived, and he went into what is called the wilderness of Judah. The wilderness of Judah. And this is where I want us to start looking at my subject for today. Worship in the wilderness. Worship in the wilderness. As I was listening to our guest speaker from last week, Pastor Hayward John, and he ministered a word from the Lord. He ministered a word from the Lord. Something he said sparked that in my spirit. Worship in the wilderness. Worshiping. We can, we've got to worship in the wilderness. Let's begin first by defining worship by what it's not. Worship is not slow songs. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's not what worship is. See, because I can sing a slow song. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So worship is not singing a slow song. That's not what worship is. Worship is not giving an offering, regardless of what the size it is. That's not what worship is. You can give an offering for people to know what you gave. You can give an offering thinking God is like a slot machine. I'm going to give to you and you're going to give back to me. So worshiping, we see worshiping is not a slow song. Worshiping is not singing a slow song. Worshiping is not giving an offering. Yes, we worship singing slow songs. We can do that. Yes, we can worship the Lord in our giving. We can do that. Worship is not prayer. Because I can pray. I can pray. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm even saying what God would want me to say. I can pray that if, 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 if there oftentimes we may be in a situation like David was in and we praying that God kills our enemies. That may not, that's not where God is. So pray, just because you pray does not mean you're worshiping. Worshiping is not how it's, it, it, it's not praise. Praise is an expression of approval. And it's spoken or written words about the good qualities of someone or the good things that they do. It's an expression of thanks. Thank you, Lord, for what you did. Thank you, honey, for fixing my breakfast for me. Thank you, honey, for opening the car door for me. Thank you. Thank you all. Just like we, my, my husband said earlier, we thank you all for praying for us. We thank God for sparing our children's lives. We thank God for the prayers of the righteous. We thank him for the strength that he's given us. That's thanksgiving. But all of these are acts 
of worship. These are all acts of worship. Singing a slow worship song. I, lo I love worship songs. I love them. I think that's my favorite genre altogether. I love worship songs. So I can sing songs as I worship. I can worship the Lord in my giving. I can pray inside of worship. I can praise inside of worship. These are all acts of worship. But worship itself is to honor and to show reverence as a divine for for a divine being or for a supernatural power to regard worship is to regard with great or extravagant respect or honor or devotion and then when we, with reverence is reverence is to show admiration or respect Reverence is to show admiration or respect. So now, if I combine that, worship, I can say this then, worship is to show admiration, devotion, ex 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 extravagant respect, honor, and reverence of God or reverence to God. That's what worship really is. It's to show admiration. It's to show devotion. It's to show extravagant respect. It's to show honor. It's to show reverence to God. There is a difference in acts of worship and what true worship is. In other words, true worship has to come from the heart. True worship is not an act. True worship is a response to what's in your heart. To what's in your heart. <clears throat> we express our worship through acts. But those acts must come from our deep, deep devotion to our Father. I want to look in Psalms, the 63rd chapter. And if you look, you know how when you read the Psalms and many of the Psalms, there are, are, are introductions to those Psalms. And just like David may say, this is to the chief musician or another may say, um, this is to, I think it's Asaph or, you know, different ones say different things. But this one in Psalm 63 really caught my attention. It said this, a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. This introduction said, a psalm of David. This is how this song, this is how this introduction, this psalm was introduced. It's a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Let's look at this. What is a wilderness? A wilderness, according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary. A wilderness is a track or region uncultivated, uninhabited by human beings. In other words, a wilderness is a lonely place. It's a lonely place. 
And, and it goes on to say it's an area essentially undisturbed by human activity together with this naturally developed life community and an empty or pathless region or area. One place said it was a wild place. Another place said it was a wasteland. This is what a wilderness is. Another said it was a dry place. David was in the wilderness of Judah. And then when you look at this, he was in the wilderness. When you really search it out, David was in the wilderness of Judah. Thank you. David was in the wilderness of Judah when he was running for his life from Absalom. He was in a dry place. He had a few men with him. He was accustomed to, he was accustomed to living in a palace. But now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, David finds himself in a lonely, dry wilderness called Judah. For many of us, for many of us, it seems like where we are right now, the wilderness of Judah is, is, is where we're living now. The we are in what may seem like the wilderness of Judah. My subject here today is worship in the wilderness. Worship in the wilderness. Many of us, life has been coming so fast. Life has been coming at us so fast. Heart-rending things have been happening. Some people have lost their jobs. Some people have lost homes. Some people have lost their loved ones. The finances are, are dwindling. The income is dwindling. <laughs> I think one of the things I miss the most is being up to greet people and, and, and just to give them a hug. I miss fellowshipping with people. I miss fellowshipping with people. There are so many people now who've lost hope. They feel that God has forgotten them. They don't know what's going on. So many people have simply lost hope. They're in the wilderness of their lives. They're in the wilderness of their lives and don't know what to do. Many of us, there are many believers, many children of God who have finding themselves in tight places, in a dark, dry wilderness, not knowing what to do and wondering why is it that God has forsaken them? Or why is it that God hasn't answered how she came out? Why is it that God hasn't answered the way he thought we thought he should have? Or why is it that this is happening in my life? Why is it that I've got to go through this? Some of them are, some of these people have definitely have the call of God on their lives. Many have been ministering before the Lord many days, have been ministering under the anointing, have set captives free. 
People have been delivered. People have been set free from the bonds and the bonds of the adversary. And now they find themselves in a wilderness. David had served as king for a long time. He had served as king for a long time. He had enjoyed the palace. He had operated under the anointing of the Lord. He had written many Psalms. He had, had served when he had won many battles on the field. Mm. He, mm. The Bible says when David got ready to leave Jerusalem, he, the, they had the Ark of the Covenant with him. But David said, leave the Ark of the Covenant here. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God with him. David said, leave the, believe. My God, my God, thank you, Holy Ghost. Leave the Ark of the Covenant here and maybe, maybe, maybe I'll get a chance to see it one day again. God help us. There are some people who have forgotten about the presence of the Lord, pretty much have stepped away from the presence of the Lord and pretty much did like David. Let me just leave the presence of the Lord here. Leave the presence of the Lord. Maybe one day God will help me. But I want us to see what David did when he was in the wilderness. Let's look at Psalm 63, the first chapter. Remember the introduction said, a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. In Psalm 63 and one, David said this, oh God, this is David out there in a dry place, in a lonely place. David says, oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. This is David talking. He's talking to God. He was in the wilderness. What David said, let me, let me just show you this. Where the Bible says, where in this, in this version, the King James Version, David said, oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek you. Some version said, earnestly will I seek you. Whether he was going to earnestly seek him or whether he was going to get up early in the morning and seek him, the secret here is David in the middle of the wilderness wrote, I will seek the Lord. God, I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to seek after you. Yes, my soul is thirsty for thee. <clears throat> yes, I'm in a dry land and there's no water here. But my attention, Lord, is on you. My attention is on you. Verse 2 tells us, this is still David talking to the Lord, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Many have, experienced, have had experiences with the Lord. You've had experiences, but especially during this time right here, it seems as though you can feel, and let me tell you, the devil is a master liar. He's a master liar. God has not forsaken us. God has not forsaken his people. I need to say this again, and I like to say it so much. God ain't, yes, I said ain't, God 
ain't mad at us. God is a God of love. God is a God of love. God is not mad at you. God is not mad at you. Regardless of what, did David do it all right? No, he didn't get it all right. Did he ask for the presence of the Lord to stay in Jerusalem? Yes, he did. But God, David had the presence of mind to know and realize that he could seek God. He could call on God. And he remembered how God had moved and blessed in his life in times past. He said this, look at that. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. We're not in church now. We're not there now. But even though we're not there now, it doesn't mean we still can't experience the presence of God. We can still experience the presence of God. Look at what David said. This, this is one of my favorite scriptures. And Pastor John, this is going to be my memory verse for this week. Because remember, he encouraged us last week to have memory verses. I My, my memory verse for last week was Luke 10, 38. And I bless the Lord for that scripture. And it's been on my mind all week long. It was on my mind all week long. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good healing all of those who were oppressed of the devil. This is going to be my memory verse for this week. Amen. Because, this is Psalm 63 and 3, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Look at there. I'm going to praise God because his loving kindness to me is better than life. I live a good life. My husband is good to me. Do we have a lot of money? We don't have all. It's not like that. I'm not. There are folks with money jumping off of buildings. It's not that. But to have to love and to be loved. There are people around me who love me. Is everything all right? Is everything a a a a a in my life? No, it's not. Do I cry? Oh yes, I do. Do I hurt? Oh yes, I do. Do things affect me? Oh yes, they do. Do sometimes it feels like it's coming? Yes, it does. But I have a good life. Why? Because I understand that greater is he that's in me. And the life I live now, the, let me go back. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But another scripture said, the life that I now live, I live through the faith of God's son, Jesus Christ. So life is good. My life is good. Doesn't mean we have everything that we want, but I have peace and I'm grateful for peace. So his loving kindness even better than that. His loving kindness is better than this life that I live. I bless God for his loving kindness in my life. If it wasn't for his loving kindness, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be living the life I live because of his loving kindness. Oh, his loving kindness is better than life. Look at what David is writing in the midst of the wilderness. In the midst of the wilderness. Your loving kindness, God, is better than me than life. So my lips are going to praise you. I'm going to open my mouth and bless the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I bless the Lord because 
even in the midst of what we're going through. Your loving kindness is still better than life. This is not a complaint. This is not a sad story. This is a declaration of the goodness of God. Your loving kindness, your loving kindness is better than life. This verse four said, thus will I bless thee while I live. Because your loving kindness is better than life, I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to bless you. He said, I will lift up my hand. This is in the wilderness. This is in the wilderness. Remember, let's go back to our definition of worship. Worship is from the heart. You can't do this in the midst of what you're going through. You can't do this if it's not heartfelt. You've got to remember who God is. You've got to remember what God has said. You've got to remember what God has done. And then you can, re you can declare that thus will I bless you while I live. You may not see how you're going to come out of it, but his loving kindness is still better than life. So I'm going to bless you while I'm alive. I'm going to lift up my hands in thy name. Hallelujah, Jesus. My soul shall be satisfied as the marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyfulness. In other words, in the midst of this wilderness, in the midst of this dry place, in the midst of where I am, I am not going to mumble. I'm not going to murmur. I'm not going to complain, but I am going to bless the Lord. My lips shall praise thee with joyfulness. David was in a wilderness. His son, his favorite child, his favorite child, was after him. His favorite child had taken over his kingdom and they declared him king. God had made David, God had made David king. Man didn't do it, God did it. And yet look at what happens. What is it in our lives that we may be going through? We know what God has said, we know what God has done. But if we look at the circumstances around us, we will stop and see, wait a minute here. And we can get sidetracked and get, and get distracted and get distracted from what we know God has said, done, and what is the truth. And our eyes, help us here, Holy Ghost. The eye, our eyes will become it's, it's as it were, we'll have scales over our eyes. Our ears, as it were, will become stopped up. And only thing we'll hear then, the only thing we won't hear what God is saying, we'll only be able to hear what it is that the enemy is saying. You know, God forgot about you. If God loved you, then why are you going through the wilderness? If God loved you, then why are you going through such bad times? If God loved you, then why this? Why this happened in your house? If God loved you. But what David said, what David said, my soul shall be satisfied as with the fatness and marrow, and my mouth shall praise thee with what? Joyful lips. In one other place in the psalm, David said, wrote this, oh, that men would praise the Lord. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Not just in the good times should we praise him. 
Church, not just in the times when we're when everything is going through, but when we're in our lowest times, if we could remember who we are, remember what God. Let me go on. I'm, 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 I'm so getting ahead of myself. If we could just remember who we are. Verse six. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Oh, God. How many of us lay awake at night? Sometimes we can't sleep. Worrying and stressing. Worrying and stressing. Trying to figure out how we're going to do this. Trying to figure out how we're going to do that. How this is going to happen. How that's going to happen. What's going to happen with us here? Or what's going to happen with us there? How many of us worry? And how many of us stress? We laying up on our bed, four o'clock, three o'clock in the morning like this, eyes wide open, in the dark, looking at the dark ceiling. But yet, what David said, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, all through the night, we, walk, we meditating on the word of God, meditating on the goodness of God, meditating on what he's... Oh, mm, 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 mm. I'm, 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 I'm getting excited and I'm getting ahead of myself because thou has been my help. See, this wasn't the first time David had been running for his life. This wasn't the this wasn't the first time David had been in the wilderness. Remember when Saul was trying to kill him, David was out there running through the wilderness, hiding in caves, running for his life and the Lord delivered him. And the Lord delivered him. Saul was out to kill him. Saul hated him. This wasn't David's first rodeo with this. This wasn't his first time around the block running for his life. Even before he ascended the throne, he faced where somebody, where Saul was trying to do the same thing. But then look, look at what David said. Mm, God help me. When, when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou has been my help. How many of us has God brought us out of places before and we forget how God, we, we didn't think that we were going to make it, but God, but God, how many of us, we didn't, we just knew this was it. This was the big one, but God, then David said, because thou has been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings, in the shadow of thy wings, will I rejoice. <clears throat> he, the Bible speaks of how he hides us under the shadow of his wings. He hides us under the shadow of his wings. Because why does David rejoice? He said, because thou has been my help. Has been is past tense. He didn't say, because you're going to help me. He didn't say, God, I, I'm going to rejoice because you're going to help me. That's right, Brother Isidore. But God, he didn't say, you're going to help me. I'm rejoicing because I'm meditating on you because I'm remembering because you have been my help. You have been my help in the past. You have helped me in the past. Hallelujah, Jesus. You have been there for me. When I was in this place before, you were there for me. When, 
When the enemy came in like a flood before, you are the one, the spirit of the Lord lifting up a standard against him. You, God, have been my help. You helped me. This is David running for his life, running in fear of his life. But he had to stop in this dry, lonely, desolate place. In this dry, desolate place. And remember, and remember who he is, who God is, what God has done before, what he's doing right now, and bless him for what he's going to do. Then David said in verse 8, my soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Oh, my time is almost up. My, up, my right hand upholdeth me. My right hand upholdeth me. He holds us up. This is what David wants us to see here. God's got us. I'm encouraging you this morning. God's got you. God's got us. He hasn't forsaken us. He hasn't forsaken us. Second Timothy. Second Timothy, the first chapter, the seventh verse says this. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given us. He's talking to his people here, you, me. The children of God. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of power. He's given us the spirit of love. He's given us the spirit of a sound mind. We don't have to fear in the wilderness. Mm. David wrote this, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. We, When we realize that God is with us, we realize that God has not given us the spirit of fear. Hold on to that in your heart. Quote the scriptures. Quote the, remind yourself. Pastor John reminded us last week, he told us last week. <laughs> do, a, do a memory verse every week. Do a memory verse. Quote the scriptures. Remind yourself what the word says. And I promise you, you keep the word alive. You keep God alive. You keep the Lord alive. You keep Jesus alive in your heart. He is the word. You keep him alive. You remember. So when situations come, the word that's in you, you bring it up. It, it, it consumes you. It consumes you. Your loving kindness, Lord, is better than life. Then Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and I'm closing soon. Ephesians, the fifth chapter and the 19th verse says this. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing, making melody in your, what? In your heart unto the Lord. Sing, make melody in your heart unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Speak to your own self. And then verse 20 tells us this, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
These are all acts of worship. But it comes from the heart. Let worship be in your heart. Remind yourself in your heart. Once we realize, mm -mm, don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget his goodness. Don't forget his loving kindness. Remind yourself of what he's already done. Do like David did in the wilderness. One last scripture I want to leave with you. Colossians, the third chapter, the 16th verse. He said this. Paul's writing to the church at Colossae. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Teaching and admonishing one another. Teaching and admonishing one another. Don't pick up the phone to your go-to person to mumble, grumble, and complain. Pick up the phone and remind them too how good God is. Pick up the phone and have what's called godly conversation for a while. I promise you in the midst of your wilderness experience, you'll feel the presence of the Lord. You'll begin to bless the Lord more. You'll begin to praise him more. You'll, feel, you'll just feel better because you'll be, you'll be reminded that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Remind yourself of what God has said. Remember the word. Remember the word. Remember what the Lord has said. Remember, remember the challenge. First thing in the morning, no breakfast. Don't eat before you, before you get in the word. Last thing at night, try to remember, not try, but let's remember the word. Let's remember the word before we go to sleep. Remind ourselves of the word. Get in the word. I promise you our life will be better. Even though you may still have to go through that experience a while. It took a little while before David was, was brought out and got the victory. God vindicated David. God eventually, vindica eventually vindicated David. Absalom was eventually killed and it hurt David's heart. David didn't rejoice when his son was killed. He didn't rejoice. David got his kingdom back. Don't rejoice over somebody else's negatives. Don't rejoice over others', others downfall. But in the midst of it, keep our hearts pure so we can worship God. Let's be worshipers. Worshipers, are, worshiping is not, it's not acts. We act as worship. But remember, worship is our devotion. I worship God in my lifestyle. I worship God when I sing worship to him. I worship God in prayer. I worship God in, when I give. I worship God when I serve. I worship him because I'm doing it as unto the Lord. It's not for people, it's not for show, it's for the Lord. I'm doing this, God, because I love you. I'm not doing it to get nothing back. If you don't do anything for me, your loving kindness has already been better to me than life. Worship the Lord in tight times. You worship him in tight times, you'll find that he's right there with you. You'll find that he's never left you, just like he said. He never left you. He said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. He's right there with you. Worship the Lord in the wilderness. I pray this message has encouraged your heart today. There are people who want to give up, 
people who feel alone. Mm, let me say this and I, I, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. When the Lord puts somebody on your heart, pick up that phone and call them. You don't know what they're going through. The Lord has put somebody on, somebody, I talked to someone last week and they had been going through some serious things. Periodically, they would cross my mind and I just wouldn't call them. But I've decided, I've made a decision. And I'm saying, Lord, help me. People who have been in my life that we may have, for whatever reasons, grown apart. Doesn't even mean we fell out, we just grew apart. I'm rekindling relationships, calling, encouraging people. This is worship. This is ministry. I'm doing, I'm saying, God, who do I encourage today? Help me. Because I don't want to see anyone, anyone fall out. These are tight times for all of us. All of us are experiencing tight times all over the world. We don't know what to do. Our eyes are on the Lord. We don't know what to do. But some people are alone. Some people are alone and they need us. You may not be able to get them. They could be in Timbuktu. But sometimes pick that phone up and call when the Lord puts them on your heart. This will show that God hasn't given up on them. That God, there is still hope in God. And they will see you're worshiping God in your obedience. But they will see that God is still mindful of them. Then they too in the midst in the midst of what they're going through, they can begin to worship the Lord also. Come on, let's talk to the Lord. Father, we bless you. We honor you this morning. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise because of who you are. You are a great God. You are a great God. And we magnify your name. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. What a mighty, mighty and awesome God we serve. What a mighty God. What an awesome God we serve. You are the only wise God our Father. And you're full of grace and truth. Mm. Thank you for this word that is encouraging our hearts. Thank you because you're teaching us that you're still there with us. We're going to seek you in the tough times. <clears throat> Not just when everything is going well, but we're going to seek you. Because we're going to find you because your word declares we, when we search for you with all of our hearts. So help us to be like David, to worship you in the wilderness, in the dry times, in the tight places. Help us to worship, to give you the glory, to remember that we can still adore you, that we can still glorify you, that we can still exalt you because of what you've done. We thank you. Because your loving kindness is so much better than life itself. We feel your presence this morning. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you. No, I don't always understand the wilderness. I don't always understand the wilderness. But I thank you. Because we can still worship you. And as I worship you, I have the assurance that we're coming out of this. You'll bring us out of this. And we bless you for it. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray.